What's up, fight fans and shitheads? Andrew Link, Assassin Watson. And Bobby Adams. No Wilson today. No Wilson. Uh, yeah, the guys who bring you Cage in the Cave also will be bringing you the Knockout Podcast. Uh, for the fight fans and shitheads, I don't know uh, what the story is. If you guys don't listen to Cage in the Cave and you're listening exclusively to the Knockout Podcast for um, you know your different reasons. We had started the show initially, uh, what, three weeks ago? Uh, beginning of, uh, end of January. End of January, and, uh, Bobby's house, um, happened to catch fire. Uh, we were at the Joe Louis Arena for some fights on uh, February 4th, and while we are at the fights, his house happened to catch fire, and the equipment was in-house, so he lost everything, and, uh, we, uh, had to put the show on a hiatus for a couple weeks, and what's awesome is Bobby is the true MVP because what does he do? He goes out and buys, after just having a house fire, goes out and buys all the equipment again <coughs> to make this show possible once again. So Better equipment. And better equipment. So Bobby is the true MVP. But uh, the show must go on. So this week on the Knockout Podcast, we will be talking with Zach Shaw. He's uh, 3-0 out of Team SFS, and he is currently going up against uh, Kenny the Boss Cross. Who's also 3-0 himself. Who's also 3-0 himself. Both guys having spectacular uh, fights so far in their young professional careers. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, all of them have been finishes every single fight between these th- two guys. Yes, sir. Uh, you have uh, Ken Cross, who has fought uh, Bo Vincent Jr., he finished him. Um, he finished uh, Rich Stafford. And then most recently, I mean, his most impressive win to date, um, actually fighting a guy, you know, on a winning record and a guy that looking almost as promising as him. And he took out Reese Brink. Um, you know, a lot of people seen that happen and a lot of people seen that come, but then again, a lot of people didn't. And what Kenny really showed in that fight was his explosiveness, man. Yeah, he was super explosive. We didn't get to see a lot of his game, but we did see that he he's 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 athletic. We've seen his athleticism and his explosiveness that night. So he gets you know he gets the signed contract from a very impressive Zach Shaw. Zach Shaw, uh, most recently winning against Brandon Noble, uh, and then he beat Joseph Neen. Yeah, beat Joe Neem his second fight, and then uh, choked out Brandon Noble in the first round of his last fight by Renegade Choke. Thought he was going to have a Peruvian necktie there for a minute at the beginning. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. So this kid signs the contract, and now they get to go to war on March 17th at the Deltaplex for KOP 54. These guys, uh, I, they're going to put on a hell of a show. Um, both guys equally impressive. Uh, Ken being known more as the wrestler and now <clears throat> explosive stand-up striker. Uh, Zach Shaw being really well-rounded himself. So this, uh, somebody's all got, got to go, though. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's a fight that I'm glad both guys are taking. Early in their career, not waiting to get the, not waiting to build their records up, they're they're jumping in at legit competition. You know, their their third fights in, and if I'm not mistaken, Zach Shaw, throughout his amateur career, he was 22 and three, something ridiculous like that. Yeah, it was it was quite an extensive uh, amateur career that he did have himself. 
I believe Ken Cross was 8 0 himself as a amateur. Yeah, he was 8 0 himself. Zach Shaw, 23 and 3. Now both guys are both 3 0 as pros. I mean, their combined record is something not to be scoffed at. No, and as you said, all six of their combined pro wins have been finishes. You don't see that a lot. I mean, and Zach, Zach's taking on some pretty tough guys, too, his first couple of fights. Joe Neem, when he fought Joe Neem, he was coming off a victory. If I'm not mistaken, he was coming off the victory over Mo Williams. Um, I want to say, yeah. I believe both guys at that fight were 1-1, one and one, or 1-0. One and, oh. and Zach took that fight and put a whooping on Joe Neem. Absolutely, yeah. What thirty four seconds? Something ridiculous <clears throat> like that. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a long fight at all. And then you know he goes up against a guy that's you know more veteran as a pro uh, than him and Brandon Noble. Yeah, Brandon Noble's been around the game for a long time, and he's been looking imp- impressive as of late. Yeah, I mean, or he was up yeah, until that fight, and now he put Brandon on a two fight skid here. Um, what was the start of that 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 skid? Um, yeah, I mean, that fight with Brandon, Brandon didn't stand a chance. As soon as Zach came out, he implemented his game plan, got the takedown, and then I thought he had the Peruvian necktie, which would have been amazing in its own right. But he fight, it, Brandon gets out of that, and Zach ends up getting getting the finish by rear naked choke. Another first-round victory over somebody who's been around, and he's trained with Darren for a long, long Darren Crookshank for a long, long time. Yeah, uh, Brandon Noble, you know, not being no slouch, <clears throat> all in all in his own name. So that that fight alone is going to be uh, was the co-main event of the night. Yeah, that's the co-main event of the night. <clears throat> it's going to be co-main event, and it's going to be a hell of a fight all on its own. And then after that, um, we're going to be welcoming on Troy Lamson. He's taking on Alexander Trevino. Yeah, been one of the uh, the marquee unfinished business matchups. Yeah. Uh, their last fight, uh, Troy was able to take him down and slayed some wicked ground and pound, which ended up cut, opening up some cuts on Alexander, Alexander Trevino. And due to uh, doctor recommendation, they had to stop the fight. Smart call by the doctor. Yeah, Trevino was cut up pretty bad. Yeah. I but I guess as soon as that fight ended, Trevino was asking for a rematch right away. Mm. I don't know if I do it right away. I might let myself go get cleaned up real quick, and I know he probably did. You know, I know he probably got cleaned up and stuff. But uh, I would, I would, I'd really think about that one before I ask for it again. But hey, he does, and he gets the fight. I mean, Troy was man enough to give him the fight right away, just like he was man enough to give uh, what's his name. Eric Lozano, the rematch right away. <clears throat> yeah, and that's the thing is, uh, out of Trevino's last four fights, it's going to be only against two, two guys. Two guys. So, uh, and he won both of those against Lozano, though. So I know it wasn't just Trevino asking for those. You know what I mean? Right. That was Lozano asking for those rematches. So maybe he's felt like, hey, I gave a guy a rematch. Somebody give me a rematch. And you're you're going up against a very tough, tough Troy Lamps, and man, I. Uh, I don't know how to see, you know, like, 
correspond to let, like think that that was the fight I would want to take next. But as you as you just said, Troy Lampson was like, "Hey, you want this fight? You want to tell you know you want to see if you can win this one? You keep saying you can, even though I you know decisively beat you, you know the first time. I'm gonna do it again. I want to show you that it wasn't just because of a doctor stoppage. Because it wasn't the doctor stopping it. Now it was gonna be me stopping it in a little bit. Right. He. uh I mean, I, I didn't see anywhere that, I mean, granted, there wasn't a lot of that fight that we got to see, but I didn't see, from what we got to see, I didn't see a lot of uh, a lot of room for Trevino to improve on that fight. Mm-mm. Like, that, that fight was Troy's from beginning to end. Um, hopefully he comes out with a different game plan. Yeah. What do you think... Here's the question. What do you think Trevino's game plan has to be in order for him to really have a chance this time around? Well, for one, he's got to use the stand-up. He's going to be the longer guy. And we've seen that Troy doesn't have the... Troy's not an absolute killer on the feet. Troy's got decent stand-up, enough for him to get the fight to the ground. And we've seen that in the Justin James uh, James fight. I think Troy's uh, stand-up might be you know a little bit better than... We think, and it's only because he's such a dominant wrestler that we don't get to see it that much. But I think this is definitely a fight right here where if uh, Trevino wants to keep it standing up, I think Troy's going to shock some people with his stand-up, man. And if not, we've seen how it went last time. I think... Trevino definitely himself has to be able to uh, get off on the feet, but he cannot let this fight hit the ground whatsoever. Unless he's been working on his jiu-jitsu. I mean, I know he's, he's had good jiu-jitsu in the past, but I mean... Hello? Hi, this is uh, Zach Shaw calling. <clears throat> I was supposed to do a podcast interview with you guys. Uh, how are you doing, Zach? You're uh, live on air right now. Oh, that's cool. Not too bad, man. I'm just getting home from training, actually. So how uh, how's camp going right now? Camp's going great, man. I'm lucky to have the training partners that I do push me and get me better every day. So, uh... So, uh... You said you just got out of camp right now. Sorry, we got some shenanigans going on behind us. Go on, guys. No, it's all good, man. Yeah, I just uh, got home from Brighton. Yeah, it's about a 45-minute drive. Oh, you got a little bit Brighton of a hike. Back to Diamonddale, where I live. Yeah, weather's pretty crazy right now, so. Yeah, it's getting. It's starting to get like that down by us right now. There's some. Yeah. So this fight with Zach Shaw, you've got coming up here on St. Patty's it, it Day. It is Zach Shaw on the phone. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, this is Zach fighting uh, uh, Ken Cross. Ken Cross, sorry. Yeah, I've got. Like I said, I've got. I had some shenanigans going on in the back background here. Um, you got this fight coming up with Ken Cross. Um, yeah. He just won his fight um, against Respring his last time out. You beat Joe Neem not Was it on the same card as that fight? Uh, no, it was on the card before. Um, <clears throat> yeah, my most recent fight was with uh, Brandon Noble at WXC. That, that's right. Um, question for you about that fight because I, yeah. I was, I've been want, I'm wondering. They showed on the tail of type behind on their little screen. It showed that you weighed in at 149. 
Yeah, that was that was incorrect, man. The guy that was announcing it uh, announced it incorrect. That the actual weight was a catch weight at 160. Okay, I was wondering about that. I'm like, wow, he weighed in at 149 yeah, for a dude, 55. No fight. way, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 55 is not a really hard cut for me, but if I was dropping down to 45, it would be like a like a 60 day freaking diet plan with you know sticking to it, and it'd be a hard cut. 55 is basically just a two-week cut for me, just water logging and getting the water out of my system. So with this fight with uh, with Ken, is he, we've seen that he's uh, an explosive fighter, obviously, especially with his last fight against Reese Brink where he uh, he basically caught him with that, uh, that straight left hand that, that blasted Rink out, uh, Reese out of the orbit. Um, yeah. Other than his explosiveness, is there any other like puzzle that you guys have uh, – have found in his game that's it's gonna give you a problem but you guys have been able to deal with implement a game plan to uh to deal with that uh not really man he just seems like a really athletic explosive dude i mean i know he's got a wrestling background i feel like i win the wrestling game you know nine times out of ten and you know he just seems like a really athletic guy that likes to come at you and set a high pace early but that's the same thing with me you just see a lot of my fights as soon as I try to press somebody, I end up clinching up with them and taking them down and finishing the fight on the ground. Now, with this fight coming up against Cross, as we said, uh, both you guys coming off of you know devastating wins, you went up against a veteran um, in the sport, you know Brandon Noble, uh, for WXC and took him out with ease in the first round. And now you're going. Yeah. Do you feel like that right there taking out the, you know, a guy that has more, uh, you know, more pro fights than you and you know, as no slouch, uh, do you think that gives you confidence going into this Ken Cross fight? Yeah, man, I just, I kind of take everybody the same way. To me, it's like there's really not a lot of uh, tactics going into a fight. I just go into it like it's a fist fight and kind of just react when I'm in there. You know, it's just, I don't care if the guy's 6-5, and 8-0, 12-0, I just go in there to fight. You know, I don't really let somebody's record of what they've accomplished affect the way that I'm going to fight them because you never know. You know, you got a 5-0 and guy that's fought five bombs or you got a six and two guy that is only two losses or two top level dudes that are, you know, fighting at the next level. So I don't really let that get into my head when I'm getting in the cage. This fight with Ken Cross on March 17th, it, it, it's, uh, you know, it makes a big statement in the 155 division for the whole state. Uh, what is it that made you want this fight the most? I mean, honestly, dude, I just um, James makes the matchups for me, James Gray, and I basically just fight whoever he puts me up against, man. It's just he's just another guy to me, and I'm just going in there to get the W. There's really no bad blood behind it or anything like that. I'm just going in there to improve my record, improve the people that I'm one of the top 155ers in Michigan. Now with this last fight, like like you just said, right now there's no bad blood in this fight. Are you surprised yeah. that he hasn't tried any trash talk? Because we seen in his last fight with Rink, uh, Reese Brink, there was a lot of trash talk between those two leading up to this fight. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I just feel like in this sport, you know, it's not like basketball or football where you're going in there and you're scoring. Like, we actually get in there and we get to fight each other. So anything that he says to me, you know, he's going to hype the fight up. You know, that's, that's all good, but that's not going to get in my head to the way that I fight him. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I absolutely agree. Yeah, I'm he just... can say whatever the hell he wants. March 17th hits. We're going to both step in that cage, and we're going to see who's the better fighter. I, I absolutely agree. I, I'm just surprised that we haven't seen really 
any tra- we haven't seen a lot of trash talk from him. Like you, we've never really seen anything posted from you. We don't ever really hear matter, any. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of a modest guy. I look at it like a sport. I mean, it's not like the guy that I'm fighting did me wrong or did anything bad to me to make me want to hurt him. I'm just going in there to compete. You know, it's not it's not a bad blood thing for me. It's more of a sport. Matter of fact, there was actually this one post where. Uh, Ken and his friends and stuff like that kind of got a little rowdy on it. Started, you know, bad mouthing and trash talking. Yeah, about Shaw. for sure, man. And, and your and your brother Josh and, jumped on there, yeah. um, and you know stood up for you. And then I even seen he went and posted on Zach's wall later. He's like, "Dude, I'm sorry. You know, I just had to stand up for you." Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, we try to sit back and just be quiet. You know, of course, Ken Cross's fans are gonna think that he's gonna win, and my fans are gonna think that I'm gonna win, and I'm fighting him in Grand Rapids, so he's going to have the hometown crown advantage, you know, versus him fighting me here at like a Ron DeLeon or a TWC show. So I don't let any of that, you know, somebody's opinion that's never fought or competed a day in their life doesn't really affect me. I mean, I don't think anybody's opinion really affects me. I just go in there and do what I do. You know, you can say what you want, but when the fight's over and they're raising my hand and not yours, you know, it is what it is. What out in a sport that's so violent and you see trash talk on a daily, what made you so humble coming into the sport and having the type of attitude that you have? Uh, I don't know. I've just always been like that, man. Like, I mean, when I was younger, I've been in my fair share of like street fights and that kind of stuff. And that's more of like an emotional thing. But this is like the dude hasn't really done anything wrong to me. I'm just going in there to compete against him, you know, so I don't really like there's any reason for me to badmouth him or, you know, talk trash. Going back to your brother and, uh, you know, not really him trash talking, how was it, how did it feel coming in <clears throat> to your guys' pro careers and fighting on not one but two uh, fight cards together, man? That's got to be a hell of an experience. Yeah, man, I don't think we'll be doing that anymore. Just with, the, you know, for his last fight against Aaron Smith, I was fighting Noble two fights after him, and I was in the back watching it on the prompter and, you know, watching my brother fight. It's almost like I'm in there in the emotional sense where I'm getting emotionally drained sitting in the back watching him fight and then having to go out there and fight myself. So I don't think we're going to be doing that again. But, I mean, it was cool to go out there and both get wins on the same night. It's just I think it kind of meant in the sense that it kind of had me a little drained before I even got into the cage. So you beat Brandon Noble in the first round. You say you think it affected your performance. you think you could have finished that fight a little sooner? Yeah, I mean – uh, no, I'm just saying I performed fine. I just I didn't feel like myself when I got in there just because I was drained from watching him fight. It's like having a adrenaline dump, you know, if you've ever had one of those before. Yeah. Like, I don't get adrenaline from my fights, but when I'm watching my brother go out there and fight, I get all sorts of freaking hyped up sitting back there watching him. Oh, that's right, because you're not in control. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I control everything that happens in there with me, but with my brother, you know, it's like I got to sit back and just, you know, let it play out. So for this fight, you're you're fighting in Grand Rapids. Have you ever fought in anybody like in their hometown where their their main main fights have been for that one promotion? Have you ever had had this type of experience? Oh uh, no, I haven't actually. How are you preparing yourself to deal with that? Uh, I mean, I've competed on big stages before. It's just. You know, when I'm in there, it doesn't really affect me. I don't. I kind of zone into the fight, you know, just like back when I was wrestling, you know, at the Palace of Auburn Hills and you got everybody going crazy. When I'm wrestling, I'm zoned into my wrestling match. So 
it's not that stuff doesn't really affect me when I'm competing. For sure, man. Um, so you said you said competing at the Palace Arvin Hills, you're wrestling. You know, Kenny's got the, you know, he's very athletic. He has a big wrestling base in his fighting, uh, you know, game plan for almost every fight. Yeah, for you, sure. You feel like you can out wrestle Kenny in this this fight? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I feel like my wrestling translates a lot. It transitions better into MMA wrestling than his does. Where, tell us a little bit about your, your wrestling background, man. Where did you start? When, what age did you start wrestling? Uh, yeah, I started wrestling when I was uh, four years old. My dad kind of got me into it, and I wrestled all the way through high school and then one year in college. I took uh, fifth as a sophomore and third as a senior. Where did you wrestle at college? Uh, Muskegon Community College. Where did you wrestle at, for high school? Uh, whole, whole senior high. You took third in the States? Yeah. So you're a bad dude. Yeah. I I don't know Kenny's credentials, but those sound pretty damn impressive. I know for one thing, you're gonna have the submission. You'll have the upper hand in the submission game right there, just from all the training you guys do with James being in your corner, and now you guys have uh, Christian Woodmancy, and we seen with his last fight, that guy's a stud too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, his knowledge on jiu-jitsu is just insane, man. Like, just the the amount of stuff that you can actually learn in that sport is crazy compared to wrestling or any other sport, you know. It's just, it's nice to have those kind of guys in the gym to be able to break stuff down for you and, you know, show you how to use jiu-jitsu based off of your body type and, you know, how to translate it into your MMA fighting. Now, we, we ask almost every person uh, from SFS this question, man. You just uh, currently or recently seen uh, James go out to China with uh, Alicia Zapatella. He, you know, he travels all around the country, uh, going to the, you know, cornering Amanda Bobby Cooper in her fights and doing this, doing that. How much of an impact has James had on your your fight career alone? Uh yeah, James is a great dude, man. He cares a lot about his fighters. You know, he he tries to do what's best for us. He's got a really good mindset when it comes to MMA, you know, breaking down fights and trying to figure out where you threaten your opponents, you know, where the best uh, strategy to have to go into the fights. You know, he's a really great guy to have in the corner too. Who pushes you the most in the gym right now leading up to your fight? Is your brother the, you know? Yeah, my brother's kind of the main dude, you know, because me and my brother have like a mutual thing going on, like, you when guys, we're like, training together, there's the no, face. like, hard feelings. You get a lot of guys when you're sparring and, like, egos take place, you know, and you start going 100%, throwing down, trying to, you know, impress other people in the gym. And I feel like me and my brother kind of have, you know, I'm trying to make him better and he's trying to make me better. And after practice, you know, if there's a day where I got the better of him, it's all good and the same goes for me, you know, if I or if he gets the better of me. You know, it's it's just, it's just a sport and we're just trying to make each other better. I mean, you guys grew up together. I mean, I know me and my brothers, I know 90% or 99% of the brothers around the world, they're used to punching each other in the face. It happens. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Happens growing up no matter what, so we might as well do yeah. it in the gym to help each other out. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> now, for the fans listening in, what can they expect from you come March 17th? I'm just going to go in there and do what I do, man. Just coming out with a W. All right, Zach, is there any sponsors or anything you want to thank? 
before we get you off? Uh, yeah, man. I'd just like to thank all my teammates at SFS for being up there for me, helping me prepare for this fight, and my coaches, James, Christian, and Brian. You know, I just it means a lot that the guys have been, you know, stuck with me and helped me get to where I'm at right now. All right, man. Well, we appreciate you uh, coming on with us and, you know, right after practice on your way home still. So uh, thank you for that. Thank you uh, for coming on, and uh, we'll uh, see you March 17th, man. Definitely, man. You guys take care. All right, you too, sir. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Zach Shaw. I can't believe I, f I fucked up like that right at the Yeah, beginning. right off rip, Bobby. Well, you seen the shenanigans that was going oh, on. Oh, man. Some people walking around here with uh, elephant G-strings. And not even, the person can't even walk. <laughs> oh, man. Shenanigans. That's a known fact. That person can't even walk. Well, Zach Shaw, always humble, but... With that man, you're going to, uh, there's definitely, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Psycho. Conviction in his voice. Oh. Not psycho. Dude, the people, have you ever seen, like, some of them good shows? The the best murderers are always the, like, humble, quiet dudes. He's go he he's going to try to kill Ken Cross. I mean, that's what they're locked in the cage for. He's going to really try to kill him. He's not going to really try to kill him. He might. No. He might take an arm home with him. Like choke counting unconscious, but Ken's going to try to do the same thing. Yeah, that's uh, that's a... I, I love this matchup. As soon as they announced this matchup, I said it was fireworks. Not just that you have a perfect like good guy versus bad guy kind of... But Ken's not doing all the trash talking. No, he's not, but he's fighting back at the KOP crowd, man. And more or less, if if you're you know you're a wrestling fan, you got the face and the heel. He's been setting himself up kind of as a heel. Oh, definitely. I mean, with the boss moniker and the the way he approaches uh, his social media, he's definitely the heel character. But as I said before, as soon as Zach came on that post and you know said that, I feel like Zach Shaw sings choir for church. No, the hell caught a fucking coyote. I can tell you that one. I know he went and did that after he beat Brandon Noble. That's what I wanted to ask him. Are you going to go hunt coyotes after you beat, after you fight Ken Cross? Probably. He's probably going to walk right out of the Delta Plex, not even getting his guard. He's going to start walking randomly and find the woods. I mean, that's uh, this guy. Zach Shaw's an awesome dude. No, yeah. he. I, I love fighters like him, man. The guys who, uh, they don't really have to trash talk, you know. We've seen it from his th first three fights. He does not have the trash hunk. He's going to go into that cage and show exactly why he doesn't have to be that guy. He doesn't, you know, Ken Cross plays that role perfectly. He uses it to market himself. He uses it to, you know, as much as you, um, you know, he's one of those guys where as much as you want to hate him, you're still paying attention to him because... Still paying attention, but he also used it, and I think in the Reese fight to kind of try that. Both him and Reese try to get in each other's heads big time. Yeah, and I think when Zach made that statement that he wasn't going to trash talk, he was going to let his fists do the talking for him on March seventeenth. I think that let Ken know that I better get my ass in the gym because you can say whatever you want. Yeah, you can say whatever you want because it doesn't matter once that door closes. 
Once and I think Zach did the right thing at that point because that shut down a lot of Ken's game right there. Yeah, the men- hey, the mental part of the game is a real son of a bitch. I mean, I'm case in point. Example A, this guy. Oh. <clears throat> so, next uh, next guy up, I'm going to fuck up on purpose. Alexander Dravino. Don't, don't fuck up on purpose. Like I said, <laughs> there were shenanigans going on behind us. I didn't get a perfect picture. I got, I got the... No, I didn't. I got the... Um, the back view. Oh, you got the G-string view. Yeah. So, got that little piece of ammo. Oh, KOP did announce some more amateur fights on this card. They announced uh, Jeremy Welch versus Adrian Lyons. And then they announced uh, Chris Ponting versus Andrew Livernoise. And they, uh, well, we talked about it this week on KJK, but we haven't talked about it on here because we haven't been back on, but they announced Mike Myers versus Thomas Martin. Yeah, that's a good fight. So that's what we got to look forward to with that, but uh, no, yeah. Uh, next Next person coming up with us very shortly here. Yes, he's actually driving home in this weather. So, be about another five minutes. Really, Troy? Well, he... Really? He he was training somewhere. He'll let us know when he's on air. I won't spoil that bombshell. Really? No, I'm just kidding. I don't care. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, let's talk about this matchup, Bobby. A little bit about Trevino, you know, everybody knows, the, we, as we already spoke about it earlier in the show, Troy Lampson goes out there, puts on a clinic, gets the doc, doctor stoppage. I mean, and, and to be 100% honest, at moments, man, that I can almost see why Trevino asked for that fight because you didn't really get put out. You weren't finished. You, you know, you were still in the fight, but because of a situation in your health and them not wanting to risk your health or your well-being they they stop it and i you know i totally agree with that i 100 agree with that and now he wants that rematch and he gets that unfinished business fight i mean for those who don't know alexander trevino trevino's second pro fight was for strike force he fought on the original belendez versus thompson fight yeah not just that he fought uh, you know, three more fights. He went four and zero. You know, and he went three and zero in his first strike, uh, first three strike force fights. Fought on the cyborg and uh, Gina Carano card. And you know his most recent wins being here at KOP, being both against Eric Lozano, um, both by submission, correct? Yeah, both by submission. I could have swore for the longest time he. I, I, we had this argument on air. I know. I know. I know. I, I, know. I thought he got to you. Me and Wilson had to, to, had to put you up, man. When, well, when you allegedly drink a couple of beers, I guess, from what I'm told, it impairs, like, your vision. Right. And then the other storyline you got in this fight, too, is that Trevino didn't make weight their last fight. Yeah, and this fight's at catch weight, so. Again. Um, again. 
So hopefully Trevino's actually able to pull that together. Because uh, it, it's a shame, especially at the professional level, to lose money like that due to you not being able to make it. Yeah, I mean, I I would hate to have to give up, give up my money. It would just burn, like, deep in my heart. About five minutes, I'll be calling it. <coughs> well, uh, another unfinished business fight is... Uh, Speaking of Alexander Trevino's last uh, fight, Eric Lozano and Lee Shearsma. Oh, not his last opponent. Last opponent fight, his last opponent. I mean, because he's now got the same opponent. Right. Four fights, two people. But um, has uh, besides Trevino, wasn't it? Isn't Eric Lozano in the same? Eric Lozano's in the same boat. Same boat. Same, same boat. Same exact boat. And what I like? No, the, actually not. No. He fought John White. Did he? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. decision at uh, KOP 50. He lost to John White. Wasn't it a short notice? Was it a short notice? Um, I don't think so. No? Well, uh, what I like the most coming into this fight is that, uh, yeah, Lee Scherzma did beat him his last, you know, one of his last fights out. But more importantly, uh, Devin Smith said himself that he has not really hit anybody the way he's hit Lee and watched them just stand in there. I mean, I wouldn't call it standing in there. I mean, he didn't go to sleep. That's that's being in there. <laughs> I mean, how many Shaq Congo? I mean, how many times have you seen somebody just not like really there, but they're there? I'm just and saying. I don't think and Eric Lozano is not the flashy. Uh, striker, he's not the uh, most technical striker. No, he comes to take your fucking head off, though. But I think Lee's wrestling comes into play really well in that fight as well, well just like it did the first time. It did, but there was also the uh, controversy that Trevino or uh, Lozano is adamant that Lee tapped in that fight. I need to see this footage. He swears up and down that Lee tapped. But he swore that he could beat Trevino the second time around. He broke his thumb. Chamali. I'm just saying. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know, guys Guys that far in their career, they need to be taking, uh, especially Lozano, need to be taking smarter fights to really, if they really want to make a statement in their career or make a statement, uh, you know, for themselves, got to make smarter fight decisions I'm not gonna sit there and take a fight where I just you know I gotta be yeah, sure you say he tapped but did he? I mean if you look at Trevino's career he's fought a lot of tough guys or Lozano or Trevino yeah no, Lozano sorry you keep doing this to me Bobby I do I'm all fucked up I'm sick you can hear it in my voice oh but I thought it wasn't a real excuse for you not to for you to miss the show we're two weeks your, ago, we're at your house, and I didn't miss the show, did I? No, because look, did I miss the show? <laughs> you did. You could be laying down right now doing this damn show, but you missed the show. I didn't. I was hospitalized. I didn't see no hospital bill. I didn't see no doctors, no motherfucker. You didn't see doctors. I didn't, I didn't no say. Doc- I, I said I didn't see no doctor's note. I didn't need a doctor's note. Well, but I didn't if you look at. 
<clears throat> Lozano's fight career, he's fought in Daquan Townsend, Corey Cuppy, Justin Janes. And he actually TKO'd Corey Cuppy. He if did. I'm, if I'm and that, right. the, Corey had a lot of hype behind him at that at that point too. And then DeRay Davis, Daquan again, and then you fight Trevino back to back. Then you take on John White, who's an absolute stud, but nobody talks about him because he's not one of these guys on Silent social media. Assassin. And now you're taking on Lee Shearsma again. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm not saying he's not a tough guy. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying if I really want to start building myself up a little bit, I would take a different fight. I mean, if you believe in your hearts, that deep down in your heart that that man tapped and you believe you can beat him again, why not take it? Yeah, and I believe Anderson Silva got lucky against Forrest Griffin. What? You seen some Matrix shit in that fight. He say he got lucky. I will not say he got lucky. You better say it. But no, I mean, Lozano's a veteran in the state now. Um, Shears was one of these kids trying to make. Holy God, you make me tired, Bobby. <laughs> Trevin, or, uh, Shears was one of these guys trying to make a name for himself in the state. And, uh, I mean, uh, another win against a tough guy like Lozano. I mean, yeah, you get yourself a little bit more credibility after the uh, loss to Devin Smith. But you beat the guy before. So. You know, it's, it's, I don't know, it's not really a win-win situation. You want to take your hand off the mic? No. Because nobody heard what you said. Yeah, they could. They could hear everything. But, uh, what's the, oh, Brian Hawkins and, uh. It's, I'm not seeing that on the card anymore. Oh, what? Never mind, I won't even bring that fight up. Yep, not seeing that one on the card anymore. Um. They've got uh, Nick Fillion out of uh, Stars and Strikes versus Devin Scott. 2 and one one and one Yep. Flyweight fight. Nick Fillion, last time we seen him, he uh, choked Keaton Gatsby to sleep for WXC. Yep. He was very spo- very impressive. And wasn't he supposed to fight Mike Myers, but then uh, he ended up getting injured during and, the fight camp. He ended up getting injured uh Closer, suffered a concussion close to the fight. Close to the fight and wasn't able to compete against Mike Myers. <sighs> Mike Myers was, I remember that. He was very upset about that, man. Nick's a tough dude. I am I like Nick. I think he's uh, he's a bright po- prospect in the 125 division here in the state, especially in the amateurs right now. Hello, you're on with the Knockout Podcast. What's going on, man? Thanks for having me. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is Troy Pretty Boy Lampson. How are you doing today, Troy? Doing good, man. Just finished up another solid day. How was that drive home? Hey, man, it was every bit treacherous, but uh, uh, you got to do some things to make training camp worth it, you know? You, you act like you had a secret, buddy. Where was he trying? I, I don't want to say it. I'm not going to go out and say it on air. If Troy wants to say where he was at, Troy can say where he's at. Oh, I was at Michigan Top Team. Yeah, there's no uh, no questions about where I'm at. Uh, been cross-training between uh, Michigan Top Team and Mercy Lago uh, for this camp and probably for many camps to come. 
What is it about Michigan top team out of any other team in the, the state that made you uh, want to make that drive? Because that's a hell of a drive for you. Yeah, uh, well, uh, we get along good. Um, as you know, I'm uh, either well-liked or well-hated, and uh, Michigan top team goes well with the blue-collar work ethic of Mercy Lago. And uh, me and Darren go way back to when I was back in high school, and you know, I'm pretty close with Cody Stamen as well, and I just like working with those guys and the team. And, you know, obviously um, some coaches are a little weird about cross-training, but obviously Joaquin Rodriguez with Mercy Lago is uh, down for what's best in my career. And obviously what I say goes in my own career, and he's on board with that, and uh, it's it's meshed well so far. You've even went out to Denver and trained with uh, Dwayne Ludwig and those guys. Yep, uh, yep, out at uh, Elevation, and then um, I was also out at Easton BJJ, and then Dwayne, and uh, yeah, I got a lot of good work out there as well. Uh, I plan on making a trip out there that's just kind of like a, a specialty for me. Hopefully, you know, between camps, it's not really a fight camp type of thing. It's more of a, I'd like to go out there and get training when I can learn and stuff, not while I'm actually in fight camp. Now, back to this fight, the rematch. What made you decide to take this fight again? Um, well, first of all, I had a couple fights fall through um, in February, uh, one in New York and one in Minnesota. Um, I'm supposed to fight April 29th for King in the Cage, um, and it was either kind of sit on the shelf till then or, you know, the only really option I had was Trevino. And a lot of people are saying, you know, this is the first rematch of your career. This is that. This is this. You know, you smashed him up. And, you know, to his credit, uh, I seen him out that night. And um, he wanted to rematch that night, even with his busted face, even with his Frankenstein scar. I, I don't know what it is, but, I mean, if he's into the whole, you know, guts, no glory type of thing, then he can have it. But um, it's it's definitely a weird matchup. But, I mean, hey, man. It's a paycheck, and it's a win, and uh, I'm looking to go in there and follow suit with what happened last time. Now, is this the first guy that has came and seeked a, a rematch from you uh, so far in your, your career, not well, your, your professional career? No, it's definitely not the first time people have seeked it out. It's uh, definitely the first time I've entertained the idea. I'm not really big for matchups, um, especially if you did, but, you know, when duty calls, duty calls, and um, you don't always get to pick – you know how the chips fall so when they fall like this i step into the ring now i, I seen that this this fight is again at a catch weight at 165 it's actually it's actually at 66 at 66 i gave him the pound that he missed last time so hopefully he'll come on weight this time because that was a big storyline on weigh-in night oh yeah oh yeah well when you talk smack and you don't even you don't even pass the first test uh there, there should be some some words to be shared. Cause yeah, there was there was video of you razzing him while he was on the on the stage and on the on the scale. Oh, yeah. I got I a mean, kick out of it, man. Oh, you got to man. I mean, he the man was enjoying his chorizo, so I had to I had to let him let him have a little smack. Can't get off the hook too easy. Now my thing is is uh, this time around there's not as much heat leading up to it, man. You guys have been slacking. No, I mean, I, I think that he just, I think he knows the storm he's walking into, and he's just into 
whatever kind of God he worships uh, to hope that there's a better showing. But, I mean, I'm not going to seek out the attention. I, I know that uh, people are going to come watch me. I'm going to show up looking damn good. That's already a, a fact. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to seek out the attention. I will when it's when it's needed. But, I mean, I already smashed the guy. I've got, I got 20 pictures on my Instagram of his face looking like, roast beef so i mean there's not much he can fire back at me that i can't answer with one picture <laughs> now since we're talking about unfinished business is there anybody from your uh two losses a pro that you would love to have a rematch against one day just to prove a statement um you know people ask me about the justin james all the time uh because he's my only loss in michigan uh, my first loss of my career and you know i would love for a rematch with that it's not something that i'm, I'm seeking out um, you know, when you get an injury in the first round and you fight through it to, to the fifth and you, and you lose by decision, it's definitely something that haunts you. But um, I don't necessarily know if rematches at this time of my career are, are going to push me forward. So I'm not necessarily seeking those out. Um, I kind of have a, a little schedule that I'm keeping in track uh, with the king of the cage deal that I have. But, you know, if the, if the chips fall into place and, and a rematch is due, um, you know, it's something that I would do. I would actually like to get a rematch, you know, possibly with the Nick Brown guy that I lost to in Pennsylvania who caught a little sneaky, spidery leg lock on me that, you know, I I just still can't believe that I don't know how that happened. Um, something that I was a little bit lazy in defending, but it is what it is. Um, but, you know, rematches aren't something that I really strive for or I seek out. But, I mean, if they're there, then they're there for a reason. If uh, if all the chips fall in place and you're 100% healthy throughout the year, how many times would you like to compete this year? Uh, man, I'm looking at the six-fight range uh, every two months. If if I'm uh, if I'm healthy, man, um, this is this is going to be a big year for me. Um, obviously, I've, I've never lost in my career. And uh, going two and two last year, um, battling a couple not serious injuries, but little minor ones that keep you out a month or so. Uh, I'm looking to get in deal with my business swiftly, be exciting, be rememberable. Um, and, yeah, man, I'm trying to get every two months. I mean, there's no rest for the wicked. And, you know, the more wins you rack up, the faster Dana will get you that call. So you're saying six. So you you, you have fought the most in your career you fought in one year or as a pro. Um, is four times you feel healthy enough, you felt like through them four fights, you still have had another two fights left in you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, as long as long as uh, you're not in there, uh, worn it out, you know, getting busted up. Um, Lord knows I want to protect this pretty face, so I plan on getting in there and slicing and dicing and, you know, leaving people down, uh, begging to get out. So, if you know if that's what it is, then that's what it is. I, I plan. I shoot for six. Um, I know that's a little overzealous, but uh, that that's that's the range that I'm looking at. Have you ever have you heard any rumblings that uh, you're on the radar for, let's say, a UFC or a Bellator or anything else like that? Have you ever heard anything, any background noise? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I know the the, the two losses kind of uh, kind of like postponed uh, my rise a little bit, but yeah, I'm definitely on the radar. Um, I've heard from numerous sources that I'm on the UFC watch list. I'm on the Bellator watch list. Um, it's something that I keep in the back of my mind. It's not something I dwell on, but I mean. I'm going to be a star. There's no doubt about it. I mean, the UFC would love to have me in there. Obviously, I need, you know, a couple more fights, you know, a little bit high-level experience. But, 
you know, when you, when you come from a background with Michigan State wrestling and you come from, you already have nine professional fights, you have an extensive amateur career. I mean, you look like a statue from the Greek pyramids. I mean, there's there's some stuff that, you know, that, are, that I've been blessed with that I take advantage of. And, I mean, I'm a marketing genius. Um, I mean, you slap me on a UFC poster. I mean, you're going to get you're going to get a lot more people than, than if you put a random schlub up there. So there's a lot of things working in my favor, and I'm definitely trying to use every avenue that I have. Okay, I'm going to – you're already the prettiest fighter, pretty, prettiest male fighter, most marketable uh, in that aspect of like, hey, this kid's got the looks right now for, you know, and you do got the talent as well. In the UFC, you make it to the UFC. Are you the prettiest man on the roster? Um, am I the prettiest man on the roster? Hell yeah, that's not even a question. There's one other man on the roster in the UFC named Alan Jabon, and I'm pretty sure he has signed with a modeling agency. Um, don't quote me on it, but it's like Gucci or Louis Vuitton or something along those lines, but I think I'd be battling out with him. But yeah, when it comes down to style, sex appeal, um, body type, figure, um, you know, I don't, I don't think there's many women out there that would turn down a date with a pretty boy. Or men either. Or men. I mean, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Hey, man, I don't discriminate, yeah. <laughs> now, speaking of marketability, you just took some uh, modeling pictures, and they were hashtag Dapper Boy. Oh, yeah. So uh, the, how did that that little uh, that come about? Uh, well, I've done, um, you know, modeling here and there. Um, I've actually uh, been kind of being interviewed and stuff for some uh, smaller uh, extra roles in some movies. And I, I had some experience uh, during my time at Michigan State with the whole theater department and stuff. Um, I'm actually, uh, I've qualified for a couple things down in Chicago to go try out for some different uh, agencies that represent pretty big uh, clothing lines, such as like H&M and Old Navy and stuff like that. So um it was just it's about time for me to start branching out uh fighting is definitely one thing for me but i mean we all know that there's a lot of money to be made in this world and you know you have to step out out of your comfort zone although taking my shirt off and flexing with a smile is definitely not outside of my comfort zone but it's something that i don't do all too often and it's something that i'm going to start doing more um and I'm, i'm sending those pictures out to to uh some bigger things and i'm just waiting for you know that big fish to come bite on that line and I'm going to reel them up and you know maybe the UFC is going to be calling me when I have a lot of other stuff on my plate and it's just all things to add to the product man I'm, I'm trying to become the the best person I can be and the, and the most full athlete the most marketable the most full product that I can be to offer uh, a business and you know that just that just rises your stock if you had a choice to be the face of like the Kelvin Klein underwear line or a fighter, what are you choosing? Hey, man, <laughs> that's, that's easy as why I'm going with the face of Calvin Klein because I'm sure they pay just as much as the, as the fighter. But, uh, you know, fighting is definitely my one true love. Um, it's something that I've given uh, a lot up in my life. I've made a lot of sacrifices um, uh, throughout the years, back all the way back to high school when I determined that this is something that I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Um, but, yeah, man, uh I, I mean, people don't look at me and say, hey, man, you should get punched in the face for the rest of your life. It's definitely not something that people think when I walk into a room 
And um, it's it's nice to have that shock, that wow factor. Like, no way, he's the fighter? Yes, matter of fact, I am. And people look past my ears because they're so fixated on my face or something. But I would definitely, I'm not even going to lie to you, man. I would definitely pick the Calvin Klein. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, one of your teammates has a big fight coming up. Devin Smith, he's taking on Eric Laura. How is uh, both of you guys fighting on this card? How is that? It, how beneficial is that knowing both you guys have big fights coming up and you guys are able to push each other? Oh, it's awesome, man. It's, uh, it brings, you know, really good energy, really good juju into the gym. Uh, me and Devin have been pushing each other. Uh, Devin's a very natural fighter. It's almost sometimes it's really annoying. Um, he'll come in some days and he'll be like, man, you know, he'll be like, well, one of us will be slacking or one of us will be this not slacking but we'll just be you know a little sluggish it's a long week and man he'll just he just puts combos together he's just a real natural fighter it's something that comes very easy to him and uh he's been training real hard and uh it's definitely exciting for us to both fight on the same card um i'm, I'm excited for him i think this is going to be a big show i'm glad that he's getting a little uppage in his opponents the way that he disposed of lee searsma um so I hope that he goes in there and shows shows out for Mercy Lago and for Michigan. But um, I'm definitely going in, in there to try and finish my opponent faster than him so I have a little bragging rights on the next Monday. Now, there's a fight that's in your weight class that's going to be taking place in the co-main event, uh, Zach Shaw versus Ken Cross. What are your thoughts on that fight? Now, I knew this, I knew this was coming. Um, so me and Zach Shaw obviously go way back. Um, He's from the Lansing area. We're good friends. Uh, we we train together sometimes, not so much. I I know Ken Cross a little bit. Um, he's a cool guy. Uh, we were supposed to fight at one time. He turned the fight down. Smart move from him. He needs a little bit more experience. I think uh, they're very both explosive fighters. Um, I think it's going to be a good fight, but in my opinion, I'm going to give the edge to Zach. I think his wrestling is going to be... Uh, a big factor in the fight. I think Kenny is going to come and explode. And when he realizes that Zach's going to sit there and f explode right back. And when he doesn't have the wrestling edge, um, I think it's going to, it's either going to go to a decision or a late finish. And I'm going to go with Zach Shaw on that fight. Nice. I like that answer. That's a, it's a very, uh, well thought out, well thought out, honest answer. Um, but yeah, Another person that wants that fight against Ken Cross is uh, Devin. Devin's very adamant about wanting that fight himself. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, I mean, he's my teammate and everything. Um, I think, I think Devin would smash Ken. Um, I think he's just too powerful. But the thing is, is, is you can say you want the fight or not, but it all comes down: can you get your weight down? Can you make weight? I mean, he's a one seventy fighter. One fifty five is a big, big jump down. Um, I mean, if he can get his weight down and, and make it to 55, I think that would be a great, exciting fight. But only time will tell if, if Devin can get down to 155. If he can, he'll be a dangerous guy. But, uh, you know, it's it's just a big jump, 70, 70 to 55. It's 15 pounds. When you're a grown man, um, you know, it's, it's something that you got to take into consideration. People change when they drop weights. People change when they up weights. So... It's definitely something that that pretty much depends on what if that fight will ever happen. So talking about getting the weight down, we know you can make 155. You fought there, you know, basically your whole career. Um, 
are you going back down to 155? Are you going to stop, you know, letting these guys come in and try to be like, oh, I can't make weight. I want to fight you. Are you going to be like, look, if you can't make my weight, you don't deserve to fight me. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, Like I said before, this is a fight that uh, basically it was either fight or weight. And uh, I'm definitely not one to shy away because of 10, 11 pounds. I fought at 70. I fought at 85. Um, I'm an average size at best, 170 pounder. Uh, I do not plan on staying up at towards the welterweight era. I'm a, I'm a 55er. I feel great at that weight. I look great at that weight. Um, so, yeah, af- after this fight, I'm, I'm going to go back down to my home weight as a lightweight, and uh, and I'm going to stay there. And if you can't make 55, then, then you don't deserve to step in the ring with me. So for the fans that are listening at home, what can they expect come March 17th? Well, they can expect what they saw last time, a lot of blood. I plan on uh, trying to bust his face. So I, you know what? I might even look for those little scars that are left and try and bust them right back open. Because I, I know that he, uh, I know that he's kept quiet. Because when a man talks all that smack and gets smacked down and apologizes in front of the whole crowd, and uh, it, it's something that definitely doesn't leave him. And it's, I mean, you can tell. Everyone can tell that he's worried. He's scared. I mean, if you're not talking like, like the way you talked last time, what's on your mind, bud? I mean, he's definitely no. What he's got himself into, I think he might have been, you know, a little overzealous saying, oh, yeah, I want the fight again. I want this. I want that. And now that, you know, the truth can uh, come out and, you know, we're fighting again. He hasn't said a word. And uh, I think I think I'm going to go in there. I'm going to throw some big shots. I'm going to drop him on his head. I might slice his head up like a pizza. Um, But I definitely I definitely plan on spilling blood on the KOP floor once again. That's that's definitely my plan. And I plan on getting out there faster. It took to the end of the second round to the doctors to say, hey, your face looks horrible. We should stop this fight before he kills you. Um, but this time I'm going to try and make that a first-round stoppage. I've got seven wins as a pro. I've got seven finishes as a pro. I plan on keeping that finish uh, streak alive, and I plan on making it in the first round. Now, talking, you got a bunch, you know, you said seven wins. You are, you know, especially if you have a devastating one here, and one of these guys have a devastating win themselves um, for KOP, man. Uh, and we all hear we all hear that they might be looking, you know, for uh, their belts, you know, to be starting to be online. Do you think you could see yourself as, you know, if you don't get the call up sooner rather than later, uh, you will, we can see you as a KOP champion here pretty soon? Yeah, I mean, uh, a, a lot of things will have to happen for that to happen. Um Five-round fights are definitely something uh, that need to be taken into consideration. Um, I'm going to be eight and two, uh, so I can see not many people from Michigan that are going to be, you know, within my ranks um, here much longer. Uh, but yeah, I mean, KOP is a is a phenomenal Midwest promotion, and um, I mean, if if everything works out right, yeah. I mean, if I don't get the call, yeah. If I don't land a major movie role or a, or a major, uh, you know, uh, modeling gig, then yeah. But um, it's definitely not something I will shy away from, that's for sure. Okay, I just heard you say acting. Who right now, what type of movie would you do, and who would be the actor you would want to star in a movie with the most? Oh, first of all, first of all, throw me in something with... Maybe maybe like a a little love story with Selena Gomez or 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 the Sophia Turner from uh from uh the Game of Thrones. First of all, I think obviously I could go in any any action flick and 
throw a couple fast kicks, takes my shirt off, and punch a couple people, and everyone will fall in love. But I think that uh, people underestimate uh, the things that I can bring to the table and, and the way that I can control my emotions. He's going to want an Oscar quicker than Leo. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, it, it definitely won't take me. It won't take me no no fifteen major picture films to get me a me a, uh, an Oscar. Uh, you throw me in a couple movies, um, I'm gonna get the job done just like I do in the cage. Are you mad that you got snubbed out of the upcoming Baywatch movie? Oh, dude, yeah, yeah. Come on, Zach Alfron, he's basically a knockoff of me. Come on, I'm a younger, better version. You know, I might have a little bit of better tattoos, but. I keep my stomach shaved, so that's that's the more important thing. I've read it. I read it. I Googled it somewhere. Um, bad Grandpa, Neighbors. It's a couple roles alone that Zach Efron has somehow stole away from Troy Lamson. Yeah, I mean, no, that's that's <laughs> that's exactly how I feel. But uh, all jokes aside, man, I, I definitely am gonna push for that stuff. Um, I know it's you know it's a difficult um, journey to take, but it, it's the same thing with MMA, man. Persistency gets you stuff in life, and. Uh, when you got the tools to get the job done, it, it's definitely a, a nice starting block to have. All right, Troy, we appreciate your time. Is there any sponsors or anything you would like to thank before we get you off? Yeah, I'd like to thank uh, Ink Therapy. They do all my uh, my amazing artwork that I have all over my body. I'd like to thank uh, Mercy Lago MMA. I'd like to thank Michigan Top Team. And uh, that's about it, man. I'm a, I'm a pretty uh, humble person. I don't I don't go around with my hand out. I'm not begging for money. I'm not. Uh, I take when people come to me. I'm not struggling for money. I have my own things. Um, so I'm. I'm. I'm a, a very, a very uh, persistent person. I plan on getting to the big big leagues here soon. And uh, you know, I see a lot of people. You know, with sponsors this and sponsors this, and they'll be like, man. And I have people approach me all the time. Troy, how come these fighters that are one and one and zero oh and two and zero oh have all these sponsors? And I say because it takes more than 200 bucks to get you on the back of a Troy Lampson t-shirt. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what scares me away. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, thanks for thanks for having me, guys. I love I love uh, being on the show. I love being able to talk a little smack. Um, sorry I didn't have a little bit more for Trevino, but, hey, man, um, his face probably still hurts because I know after that fight my elbows hurt for at least a good two two to and a half weeks so i know his face is probably just getting on sore he probably just taking the ice bags off his cheek but uh he's gonna have to put him right back on oh all right man thank you for coming on with us and uh we'll see you march 17th yep thanks for having me guys all right you have a good night i love that i love having one type of fighter where he comes out he's so humble and you get in you know uh lamps and himself but he makes it a little fun for you So, uh, that does it for this week of the Knockout Pod. Um, next week we'll be back on. We had a better performance this time than the first episode. You can actually hear people. Yeah, and I hope Donald's house doesn't burn down. Oh, God, don't say that. <laughs> oh, man. All right, that's it for this week, fight fans and shitheads. Tune in Sunday for Cage in the Cave, uh, 4 to 6 p.m. on crbradio.com. And then check back in next Tuesday, 9 p.m. until 10 on MixLR backslash Cage in the Cave for all of your Michigan MMA news and here for your knockout promotions news. That does it.